Hello and welcome to the 17th episode of The Sausage Factory, which is brought to you by Spong.com and hosted by me, Chris O'Regan. In this show, we interview video game developers and ask them about their start in the industry, what their influences are and who inspires them. Split into two halves, the show initially focuses on the developers themselves and in the second half we discuss the game they are here to promote, which in this case is Crowman and Wolfboy by Wither Studios. Doyle, please introduce yourself. I'm uh, Doyle Daigle. Um, I'm an artist on the team and I also did all the music for the game. And it was uh, my first time ever doing music for a game. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we, um, I guess I got my start doing art for, uh, I work at an educational software company as well. Okay. So that's where I um, started after college. I uh, moved here to Pittsburgh for the Art Institute of Pittsburgh. I you know, always wanted to do games since I was a kid. I wanted to do art for games. So this was like one of the first schools to offer that degree. We were like the second graduating class. Okay. So yeah, I've uh, been in Pittsburgh ever since. So you're you're making educational software, but you're but you're starting making. This is your first game, obviously, yes. Yeah, my first uh, our first independent game as Wither Studios, and this first game where we called the shots on everything. You know, I mean, there's no one telling you what to do. We just came up with the things we wanted to do. That was, I guess, what really drew me to the idea of wanting to do the indie game thing. It's just, it's fun. Okay, and what would you say would be your biggest influences? It can be anything. It could be a piece of literature, a feeling, anything. What, what do you think you personally are drawn to in anything? Um, well, I guess um, like biggest influences in terms of games or like yeah, would be like specifically. Well, maybe even your the music and art you make for the game. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's kind of a nostalgia thing, but like Castlevania as a kid really just a made me realize that the music and games can be really, really good. And is that Symphony you know, the, of the Night? That, well, even before that, I, I used to bring right. my uh, Game Boy, like the box, big boxy Game Boy, to school, and I would just listen to the tracks like with my headphones. So I didn't have a CD player at the time, I don't think. So I would just jam out to these Castlevania soundtracks and. That's awesome. So that's where I got my start in, I guess, thinking in terms of games can have really awesome music. Um, but yeah, I mean, always played the old school games. I grew up with Castlevania or, or uh, Contra. That was a big one I played over and over and over. And since I I moved to Italy when I was a kid, and I had a Super Nintendo, so and it was a U.S. Super Nintendo, so we had to have a transformer to run it. it wouldn't run on PAL. And uh, so I was stuck playing Super Nintendo well into, like, the PlayStation era because my dad wouldn't buy me any, like, European consoles because we couldn't bring them back. So I think I have this, like, retro aesthetic nostalgia thing because I, I kept playing it for so long, even past when people were done playing those kind of games. But they are they done playing those sort of games? <laughs> That's the thing. I, I don't mean, think so. Now, no. I mean, now it's back, you know. <laughs> it's definitely come full circle, which is pretty cool. Oh, well, no. having said that, when people say, oh, that's a 16-bit-like game, like, actually, no. Because it looks like one as a still. But when you see it moving, no 16-bit machine would ever... Oh, totally not. ...ever be able yeah. to do, yeah, you know. Like yeah, our game is yeah. 3D, technically speaking. We use oh, a is, Unity yeah. engine. But, um, I mean, I guess, you know, the platforming 
gameplay mechanics and everything are very old school inspired. Inspired, but like I said, no 16-bit machine would ever, ever. Because, totally no. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's the technology or the things. People that remember that until they actually get hold of a SNES and they slam in a cart and they play, they go, Ugh! yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> why is it Some all... of those games look rough, but they're, they're cool. Yeah, oh, yeah, they're still great, but it's like, why is everything flickering? Well, <laughs> yeah, I can't handle it. It's just can't handle chugging. trying to do. I mean, you saw Super Star Wars or something, like, that looked great when I remember as a kid. And then, mm-hmm. why is everyone click? Well, because it can't look at the size of the sprites. What's a sprite? Oh God! Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's, it's it. It was. We do get inspired by that, and um, so a lot of developers I know sort of go back to their childhood and when their first encounter with a video game is the thing that launches them. Mm-hmm. They still harp them back to that. And and you say the music was Castlevania and stuff because there were some amazing tunes back then, weren't there? Oh yeah, like Bloody Tears and all those classic Castlevania songs, which you still hear throughout your whole life because they keep bringing them back. Yeah, just different versions of it, which is you know it's great. So, is anyone particularly you look to to say they they should carry on what they're doing? They're really really good. Is anyone or any company they are? Uh, I mean, nowadays there's so many people who are really, really good. I mean, it's kind of just like, I mean, you have to be good, A, or else no one's going to really care about what you're doing. No. And and the industry is so competitive, like, if you're not good, you're just just not going to make it. So uh, anyone in particular, I guess maybe going back to, again, when I was growing up, uh, I used to play a lot of Blizzard games, like StarCraft and um, Diablo, stuff like that. Yeah. And I remember looking through the manuals, and uh, you know, you see all the artwork, and that was kind of the, one of the first games that I remember really showcasing like full, like images that the artists had done. And uh, Chris Medzen was like, like the lead, and he did a lot of the art. And that's I used to like a really like all of his art, but B it was like one of the first times I realized that oh, you can be an artist at a game company. Like, it never occurred to me that there were artists at game companies, you know? So I mean, they've been around for a very long time. Let's be oh, fair. I know, but I was young and, yeah. this, you know, didn't have great internet, you know, it's dial-up, it's hard to research things, and I'm starting to discover gaming. And this is when I'm, like, 12. And I just yeah. remember seeing his drawings, and oh, it just hit me, like, People do this, and ever since then, I wanted to do it. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's that's. Yeah, it's amazing how people stumble into that kind of career, and they they realise that there are facets of the entertainment industry that they enjoy that mm-hmm. they, they don't, you know, they don't necessarily um, realise that there's actually a specialist behind that. They think is one man or woman making it all. Yeah, or it's just it's magic. Like it just didn't even occur to me. Like. I had no understanding of what goes into gaming, and yeah, I, mean, and I guess maybe I'm thinking it's people programming, you know, like these these guys, like these genius men who are just coding everything in it. And there, you know? and to be fair, to be, there is, and oh, there are, totally is, yeah. And uh, there's these polymaths, you know, we've encountered them, both you and I. You mm-hmm. know, you uh, go to GDC or something like that, and you have these people. Uh, who so who did the music? Oh, that was me. Who did the art? Oh, that was me. Who did the? Co- oh, don't answer that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It was this you, wasn't it? Yeah. 
It's like um, we had chap from. Um, oh, um, wasn't Rolls? It had. A, it was um, from uh, Frozen Synapse. Who did that game? The name escapes me, but Paul Taylor is his name, and he's the business mm. manager and the musician. <laughs> it's like yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I wish I was good at that business aspect. <laughs> eventually, maybe. yeah, eventually. But no, he's like, yeah, I'm doing all marketing and business management. And I'm the musician on the games. Like, okay. Oh, I did some level design. Stop, please, stop, please, please, Paul. That's yeah, and that's kind of how, especially with the indie scene. Like oh, every, yeah. I mean, you, everyone wears so many hats. Like you're a small team. You pick up things you never would have thought you would have tried doing. Yeah. On a game, you know, yeah. which is also a great part about it because you get to just try new things that wouldn't have had the chance otherwise. Speaking of trying new things, I love segways. Apart from when mm-hmm. I put them out, okay. it's not a segue. Um, so this is my favorite question I love to ask the developers, regardless of what they're doing or what facet of the game they're making or they're p- pitched into. What are you playing right now? doesn't matter. It can be a tabletop as well. I, I play tabletop. Oh, well, so yeah, I love tabletop, actually. It, it can be anything. Okay, well, uh, playing some D&D 4th edition. Ooh, and are you uh, a player or a GM? Uh, I'm a player. Yeah. Although I do GM uh, Descent board game from time to time. I've got that too. Oh, it's good. It's good. Real it's, good. It's just like when you lead them into a full sense of security. Oh, <laughs> yep. my cards here are terrible. This is terrible. I'm, I can't do anything. I think you're going to win this one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and especially like, I mean, you know what's behind a door when they have no idea what's going to pop in and you drop like two shadow dragons. And it's just yeah. like. Yeah, it's good fun. It's it's almost um, as evil as Mansion of Madness, almost. Go on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, video game wise, I started up Bravely Default. Um, haven't yeah. been able to dive too much, but I really like what I've played so far. Yeah, I've I've been playing um, a lot of 3DS stuff, but it's mainly Monster Hunter because I've got that on my Wii U. Mm-hmm. I actually have a 3DX. A 3DS, a 3DS XL with yeah. the, with the Circle Pad Pro, so it's just, it's now turned it into a Game Gear. Yeah, you have to have that Circle Pad Pro. I tried playing Monster Hunter and it was awful, so I'm it's, haven't booted it up since. No, if you have without to, the Circle Pad, without the Circle Pad. But when I had it, I was walking around with Pat's going, "What is that?" Like, so my 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 3DS is now this massive installation with this second Circle Pad, and it makes it very comfortable. But my God, it's really yeah, it's a really big, heavy. bulky transformer Sega yeah. 32X weird <laughs> thing going on. It's not the smaller 3DS; it's the large. The large mm-hmm. XL is a. I mean, that makes me feel like I'm playing on a Vita. I mean, that's just a lovely. Oh thing. yeah. So like, yeah, it's just lovely. But unfortunately, so yeah, it does. It is a bit annoying. So, but people keep telling me, prodding me, going, "Play Blavy Default." What what what's drawn you to that? Um, well, I mean, I like uh, JRPGs. I like the story. Uh, nice. The music's really good. And uh, I, I guess I like big, epic, like epic, long arcing stories. So yeah. the Japanese game developers are the best at providing that. So Most of the time when I play those, I'm normally on a plane. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's not that unusual. So when people say, oh, I don't know what to read on the, on the plane, I'm saying read. And, uh, <laughs> right. People do that? People do that. I'm I'm just debating which JRPG to go for. I, I'm not playing Chrono Trigger again. As much as I adore that game, I'm not not doing it. Not. 
There's so many hours. Like Bravely Default will take me all year because I. It's kind of like my reading before bed. I'll do Bravely Default before bed. Yeah. And you know, I play for like 20 minutes. I pass out, fall asleep. So then. Is it a regular RPG or is it a tactical RPG or is it a mixture of both? Um, I mean, it kind of has this tactical aspect in the sense that you can go either bravely or default. Which, if you right. do default, you uh, you kind of like pass up your turn and save it. So next turn, you could go brave and do double turns. So it's kind of like a wagering system. Like, what do you want to do? Or you could just brave all the way and use up your next four turns. But then you're going to be like stuck getting hit for the next four times if you don't kill the guy. So it's a pretty interesting twist on the the turn based combat. That's what I hear. That's what people are liking here. Because <laughs> yeah, it's when cool. You get, they need to do something. When you get that new twist on a very old sort of tableau or sort of mm-hmm. format, this is a good thing. You know? Yeah, and they've it hasn't been updated. I mean, every new game kind of tries to add something new to it, but I mean, it's still at the end of the day, you're pressing attack and then waiting. So it's cool that they did something with the turn order and actually does really change it up. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, speaking from a European's point of view, and you can empathize with this, that JRPGs weren't as popular um, in Europe as they were in the US and, and of course, Japan. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, there's, so our RPG background is, I don't know, it's more of the Western sort of like fallouts. Like a Bolivian of, and stuff. Um, and if you, go, if you go further back, it will be stuff like what SSI produced. You know, stuff like that. It was more of the Western Like a stuff. Baldur's Gate. Baldur's kind of Gate, things. yeah. Um, That's probably the, the, the turning point for RPGs. But before they had like, you know, wizardry and... Uh, oh, yeah, those are, those are before my time, but I, indeed, I know of them. Yeah, I'm just, trying, I'm just going back to the roots there. And mm-hmm. because of that, you know, Europe has had a love-hate relationship with, with JRPGs and stuff. Like We do get them, but typically they have to be translated into five languages, which causes a... Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're strange. There's always, like, weird little girl characters running around with pink yeah. hair, and it's like, what's this about? Yeah, when you, when there's a game, wasn't there? Um, Terror, I think it was an RPG, MMORPG that had... Oh, uh, yeah, I've heard of that. Rather odd graphical style. It had these little women with bunny ears running around okay yeah i don't get the bunny ears yeah a it, lot of a lot of bunny ears yeah into the bunny cattails cattails yeah yeah on that rather odd note let us move on to the second <laughs> half of the show where we talk about crowman and wolf boy all right Off. Give us the give us the pitch. I've probably done this a thousand times. I apologise, but you mm-hmm. have the floor. Tell us about. I know all about it. Well, it's all about it again from what I played it extensively. But you you give us the your take on Chromen and Wolf Boy. All right. Well, it's a uh, so it's kind of a classical like old school side scrolling platformer. Um, has Metroidvania esque aspects where um, throughout the game, as you go through the levels, you 
Krim and Wolf Boy unlock new abilities. So they're these, these two shadow creatures. They're trying to escape their evil shadow planet, which has been stripped of all color. And it's sad, depressing, and they want to find happiness. So they decide to flee the world and seek out these things called humans that they've heard about, who are supposedly living pretty happy in their city. But eventually, when Kermit and Wolfway get there, the humans have left, and it's desolate and decayed, kind of typical human fashion. So as you go through the game, they unlock new abilities to kind of help each other out to get further in the game, but you can also use these abilities to go back to previous levels and access areas you couldn't reach. So um, it's kind of a simple storyline, but there are cutscenes throughout uh, each environment. And uh, currently, uh, part one is out, which is the, the dark planet they're trying to escape. And it, it's broke up into three main environments with a couple alternating gameplay kind of side levels. We have like some space stuff. A little bit of sci-fi elements, don't want to spoil it, but um, part two is coming out later this year, and uh, we revealed that at PAX East, and it's uh, like a, a fully colored world, so they eventually do find color. I guess I can leave it at that for now. Including purple. Uh, yeah, there's there's purple later on. Wow. <laughs> My Sorry. favorite color, by the way. Is it? There you go. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when choosing colors in a game, like purple? Oh, yeah I, yeah, I use purple in everything at work. I think people are getting sick of it. <laughs> it's either that or go, well, there's no purple. Well, blue then. Yeah. Purple. <laughs> purple. Purple. Um, awesome. So the just to give an idea to, to – this is radio, so it's hard to communicate mm-hmm. this, but we have – it's a 2D platformer. You gave it a bit of a disservice there because it's also another influence to the game. that You say it's a standard platform, but I would counter that. Because okay. there is the ever encroaching darkness, is there not? True, and it's a big aspect of the game. Yeah, which so... explains why they're running through the levels. Uh, we use auto run, so you move left and right automatically, uh, which helps. Uh, I think on mobile devices, control wise. Um, but yeah, so when they try to flee and leave their dark world, the dark world doesn't want them to leave, and uh, it's pursuing after them the entire time. There's this giant swarm of evil, dark goo stuff. And throughout every level, there's light orbs that are kind of dispersed about. And in the story, they're kind of like these ancient things that have been left about. But the player, you, you collect them, and they shoot back, which knocks back the darkness and essentially buys you more time to get through the level. And uh, so it's kind of like this constant pull and push with uh, the darkness, constant tension throughout every level. Yes, this is um, this is not nice and twee, like tiny wings. No, this, no, 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 he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't fall asleep and go ah. No, 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 no. This is death. <laughs> this is this, this is all-consuming pain and suffering. Death, everyone, um, and uh, which made me feel like it was a kind of a cross between. And I don't want to. Dis- I hate doing this to you, but uh, or mm-hmm. any developer. Go but for I it. think it's it's like you got cannibal in there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and um, yeah. with the infinite runner, but there's like the, the 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 darkness from from the left of the screen encroaching all the time, that constant menace makes it a very different take on it. And uh, there is an also um, rather interesting sense of humour running through the game, but I'll, mm-hmm. I'll talk about that in a bit. But I wanted to focus on something that's always intrigued me about. Uh, developers who specifically make games 
are on a touchscreen device, whether it's iOS, Android, or Windows, or or what have you. Okay. Um, what? How did you overcome the problem of control immediacy with a touchscreen? Is did you have much trouble actually? giving some player feedback and making sure that their their positive touch and their swipe on the screen actually did translate into timed actions on the screen. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I know it's it not your us, thing, but... Um, well, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I was part of the QA testing, and right. I mean, it took us a long time to get it right, and I mean, I feel like it's, it's pretty good. Uh, I'll let you be the judge of that, but... We went through many control schemes. Um, when we first unveiled the game, like years ago after our Kickstarter, and we showed it at PAX, we had like this real, <laughs> I would say, broken demo. Right. But we, we showed it to people, so they couldn't really tell that it was broken. But uh, the controls were, we didn't want to have auto-run because we were trying to avoid the whole runner thing. Yeah, I mean, and, as, as as great as Cannibal is, and I personally really like that game. Uh, mm-hmm. It's 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 the people say, oh, it's not a game. Said so, no, you haven't played it really. It's got depth, and but I, yeah. you're right. There is you've got way you know. There's way more to Chrome and Wolf Boy than an infinite runner. It's just that you just did that, and it's a means to actually improve the just, mechanics. Yeah, facilitate the, the controls of the player better. Yeah, because you can't have that second D-pad, really, can you? No, and it clutters up the screen, and you're not really getting good feedback from that anyway because it's not a physical button. So when you touch it, it's like, am I touching it? So we just wanted to make the entire screen the button so you can touch it anywhere. But like I said, we started off, we didn't do that. We we actually tried tilt controls, like tilting the iPad left and right to go left and right. That worked sometimes. Yeah, it didn't work for us because then you're holding the iPad like, like, 45 degree angle and it just looks incredibly <laughs> awkward so yeah, i mean we went through a lot of phases before we got to the point where we we're at we tried to incorporate like touch and swipe for the longest time um it was like touch and hold or touch to jump and touch and hold to jump higher but there was like a latency between detecting touch and swipe yes and we didn't actually go full on with the swipe until like a couple months before we released the game, like just from uh, having people come in and play it and bitching about how it sucked. So, you know, yeah, we, we had changed it. We, we had um, the makers of Oli Oli, which is very relevant. Okay. And mm-hmm. uh, they had similar problems. You know, they had a tactile control, but they were asking, you know, why do you have to press the button to land the skateboard? Because it's hard. Right. That's the point of skateboarding, it's hard. And here is. Well, from for me, from what I get from playing the game, and I find it very rewarding because it does reward you back when you do are successful, which mm-hmm. is something I want to ask you about later. Is how um, the immediacy of the controls. You have to. There is a timing aspect, and that's what bothers Definitely. me. Is that you know, it's it's very finite, isn't it? It's not pretty unforgiving. Uh, it, it's yeah. I mean, you you mess one step, like miss a couple orbs, you could potentially just die. I mean, yes. like the darkness is going to get you. Yes. Um, I guess from the get go, our, our kind of our mission was. You got to remember, we started this in 2011, but we wanted to make like kind of like a Super Meat Boy esque, just brutal game on mobile devices because there was you know. There was uh, that tiny wings and yeah, it's, obviously yeah, 
yes. all those games like that. And we just wanted to do something that was pure hardcore. It is the that antithesis would... of, of Candy Crush, which is a good thing. Yes, definitely. I, I mean, I so don't just... see, you know, sadly, I see, I mean, like I said to you on, I wrote an email to your colleague and I said, this is the one of the rare games that's taken me away from threes. Yeah, you know? I heard that and I <laughs> yeah. appreciated that comment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like because it's it, uh, for me, flights actually go faster. For the likes of you and I, gamers, flights go mm-hmm. faster than for most people. I, 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 I feel sorry for non-gamers who go on flights. Oh, I know. How do you do that? You're like, I wish this flight was longer. Like, I like, yeah, I want to carry on playing. <laughs> um, but the, this, this getting back to the point. It's, it's, it, it has that. Uh, it is brutal. It is a hardcore. Like I say, it's very. It is not a casual game by any sense of the mad, uh, sense nope. of the word. Um, and you're un- unapologetic about that. Was that you said it, it, that was always the intent? Yes. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, we just wanted to make a game that we personally would enjoy. Um, right. I don't play casual games. There's nothing wrong with them. It's, no, you know, not my I, thing. And I can't do it either. No. Yeah, why? and I know what's out there elsewhere. So why? <laughs> well, exactly and people have already done it and they've done it way better than we could so yeah. i mean we know we know we we've, we're core gamers we've been playing those games since you know we were kids and so we just wanted to do something that we would find fun you know speaking of even though oh go ahead no i've just got this thing about humor i really want to talk about mm-hmm. it because i think it's satirical might be i might be the wrong word but it's very not scathing, but sort of like we know how you feel right now. <laughs> You've died for the fifteenth time in this level, haven't you? It's okay. You yeah, we, we sort of it's rub fine. it in. So was that always there? Um. Well, I just the humor aspect was. Yeah. But it, it, it kind of came out maybe like halfway through. I would say just from a us ourselves getting pissed off at some levels because like we have to test them, you know. So we've played these levels. I don't even want to think about how many times, you know, no, hundreds, no, maybe yeah. a thousand times. And yeah. some of these levels are brutal as hell. So it's like we just get pissed and like yell at my iPhone. And it's funny. So we just kind of decided to like, I think, make a joke out of that. So the difficulty and, and complexity, I noticed there's, there's an in-app purchase thing, which yeah, I, I haven't dabbled with because I'm, I like playing is that, oh, good. They they feel like um, the acceleration measures. I mean, you don't. Yeah. They don't. They're not really at all required, are they? Really? No, they're only there just for someone who maybe doesn't like the challenge, but still wants to see what happens in the story. So yes. it's an easier way to just get through it. Yeah. But I mean, I've never used them, and I. I mean, I like to play the game the way it's meant to be played, like any game, you know. So I don't like stuff like that. But you know, I mean, we also need. Uh, you know, it's it's other ways to market and get extra revenue. So we put I it there if yeah. you want it, but it's like what well, you know. I'm, I'm going to compare to EA, and I apologize for that because oh, go, yeah, go for it. But it, <laughs> there there are aspects of EA, some of EA games where they do that, where they say, "Well, you can you can buy some of this stuff, or you can buy these sort of packs of cars or whatever game you're playing." Makes it the Need for Speed here. You can play the game and unlock them naturally, or if you haven't got time, here's a you know, you give us some money and we'll let you unlock it. And and that's, you know, it's all about um, giving flexibility to the player. 
Right. It's just more options for the player. I mean, you, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. I mean, no, you don't even have to buy the game. You don't want to buy the game. You know, it's, it's, just, not, it's not Dungeon Keeper, you know. Uh, no, which I, I heard is horrible the way yeah. they do things. <laughs> it's I haven't played it, but. Yeah, um, it's it's pretty, pretty bad. Uh, basically, I remember Dungeon Keeper from a kid. Uh, as a kid, well, as an adult. But yeah, I'm sure you remember it with his original incarnation. And they bring this game out. And it's not so much free to play as it's paid mm-hmm. to function as originally intended. Yeah, I've heard yeah. you get like everything you want to do, it's like another dollar, and it's just like... Well, it's, it, they, they, it's either that, or you leave it. You don't pay any money, but then you have to wait a day for something to happen. People are... <laughs> game developers are just, I think, struggling to figure out the app market, and it's, yes. it's a weird, weird market. It is. Because, I mean, the kind of players that are on it aren't you know, they're not console gamers. They're not people who actively seek out are. these games. Oh, totally. I mean, we it's, are. You know, we you are. are. I am. <laughs> That's the thing. They exist. <laughs> you make this game for people like you and I, and we, we, we you know, I, I do love those games on iOS. I love hunting them down. It's why I wanted to get you on the show because I want people to say, look, iOS games or mobile games aren't all, you know. Tiny wings or or candy. Oh, cups. totally. Yeah, they are. No, there's anything wrong with tiny wings either. Uh, or you know, Drop Seven. That's a classic as well. It's a fabulous game. Or you mm-hmm. know, uh, but the, you can get games like this that would fit perfectly well on a console. Which leads me to my next question, really. Would you ever consider putting this on another platform? I struggle to see how you would get it on there, but I'm not a developer. Uh, I mean, we totally would. Um, we actually do have a Steam green light going, um, but if uh, we're pretty close, I think, to getting greenlit, like really close. Um, the plan is if we do, you know, console beyond that or whatever, with greenlight, we want to incorporate uh, controller support and we'll have to change the way the game plays. Um, that's still stuff we got to experiment with, but it wouldn't be a mobile game on PC, basically, at the end of the day. It doesn't work. Know? Doesn't work. No, it's um, they're different. They're different games. I mean, swipe, touch controls. You can't. That doesn't work in trains. It would work on the Vita controller. Yeah, totally. And do all sorts of weird things with Vita. Yeah, yeah, we've definitely thought about Vita. It's it's definitely on our minds. Yeah, because the back pad, you could do weird stuff. You could rescue the babies with the back pad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, and and the game's in three parts, so we want to have all three parts done for anything like that. So it's just one yeah. big long game that comes out complete, no DLC nonsense, you know, just So that stuff will be a little ways off, but um I mean, as I far as I'm it's on the horizon. Games that come out. Is it on Is it working on just Windows, is it? Or is Uh it... we we got Android like soon, real soon. Right. Um Windows Phone no, I was thinking uh, about the, the. You said you're on the green light, so obviously it's on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. PC, yeah. So it's Windows PC, is it? Uh, yeah. Um, I think the plan is for Linux too. Uh, I'm not the guy to. The reason I bring... to answer these questions, but uh, okay. yeah. Um, if you don't, the reason I'll bring this up is because a friend of mine and myself, we both own Steam boxes. We built our own Steam boxes. Oh, cool. So we have them computer stroke mm-hmm. underneath our television. Mine's Windows based. Okay. And his is Steam OS. And we both compare notes and that sort of stuff. And for me, all of my games are available. But for him, he's got like this narrow selection. 
I think the plan is to support that as well. So, yeah. so um, interesting noises in the background there. I'm sorry, yeah, <laughs> coffee <okay>. shop. <laughs> um, so finally, uh, I just wanted to ask you one more question okay. about the music and the. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And, this and, is uh, fun stuff. So phenomenally atmospheric. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thank you. Did you? What was it? Definitely was reflecting the art you were developing. Was it done at the same time, or how did it? How did it evolve? How did the score evolve the game? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, it's. Uh, I would say definitely like it reflects every environment. So when I I got my start in music by playing like death metal. <laughs> That's what I still do for fun. Oh, like bands. So, you know, I play guitar and that's how I kind of got into doing the music for this game or because I was the only dude who could really do it. And uh, so I would just, what's that? You knew what a chord was. Yeah. (laughs) Luckily, I knew what a chord was. (laughs) So the way I go about writing the music, I actually just, I would have the game like in the environment up on my computer, like in whatever the environment was and just. I would just look at it and just sit there with my guitar and just kind of play some different things as the game was up on screen. And sometimes I would just have it like run through and I would just kind of play along. And then I would record something and play that with the game playing so I could just see in my head, like feel how it would be to a player and just kept going back and forth like that. Because I wanted it to really just reflect like the feeling of each environment. You know, they're, they're all sad places so I just kind of wanted to capture that mood. Well, I think you achieved it. Thank you. Um, it doesn't Appreciate make me depressed that. or anything like that, but it does, <laughs> it does draw me into the atmosphere of the game, which is what one of the many, many things music does in games. Um, I don't Definitely. Think, they're not just mood setters. I think uh, they're not. I think it's, it's wrong, and I think insulting to you as a composer to, to say, oh, you're just setting the mood. No. I oh, yeah. I think it communicates a lot to the player what's going on. You know, yeah, it's I, just I, as important as art. I mean, in yeah. terms of getting the the environment across, you know. And for me, I can't play the game in silence. I have to have the headphones in. It's one of the few cool. games that I can't play in silence uh, on the iPad. And there's many games on there I can play without the sound on. I don't like interrupting anyone, uh, rather than fishing mm-hmm. in headphones. But for me. I just basically pulled the headphones out of my iPod, which I use for listening to podcasts. I'm one of those people, and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I shove it, and then I then I shove it into my phone and and, carry, and play the games, whatever it may be. At the moment, it is indeed Chrome and a Wolf Boy, um, and that with interspersed with thirty seconds of freeze and like, oh come on, mm-hmm. get frustrated. <laughs> uh, come on, I almost had that. Almost no, never mind. Um, nope. But, yeah, nope. <laughs> You'll be yeah, yeah. You thought you had it, didn't you? Not today. So, but I am getting a lot of reward and satisfaction from playing *Chrome uh, and Wolf Boy* because it's uh, it is so tightly designed, and I think the levels show that you really did put a lot of love, care, and attention to the game. Yes, uh, maybe too much. <laughs> maybe too much. Um, but uh, I don't think that's possible. Not in a game like this. So I can only congratulate you and the rest of your team for. Uh, making this addition to the vast pantheon of games that we now play, um, 
of which there are far too many. <laughs> yeah, ever growing. Ever it's growing. Insane. It's it, it is insane. If you walked around, uh, I mean, I miss so many games at Pax East. But I, oh, yeah, I take heart in finding talking about the games I did find, including yours. Yeah, and I, I'm glad you found us. We, yeah. it was kind of crazy for us to go there because you know we're small guys based out of Pittsburgh, so yeah, you never know how things are going to go over, and it, it was really really cool. And everyone dug it, and it was a I fun. Mean, I, fun I, really, I really enjoy Pats because there's not a lot of UK outlets that go, um, mm-hmm. which means it gives me a lot of leeway to get into places and just like wait you're from europe yes can we talk yeah. to you <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you must be important then <laughs> you must be important then you come away here like yes because uh, i went to uh rest no should know about rest um this is a it's an independent uk gaming's um uh, oh, no. thing and that happens uh every year as well and cool. uh that's that's something if you ever get i'll, I'll email you about it on it's, if you ever get a chance, I would highly recommend it. Cause it's 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 not as intense as PAX. It's very very relaxed. That's a, a good thing, I would say. Yeah. I mean, it's, PAX is great, but yeah, it's overwhelming. It's, it's overwhelming. This is much more relaxed. It's in Birmingham, so it's in the center of England, so everyone can cool. get to it. And uh, I'll definitely look that up. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll tell you about it and uh, email you too. But in the meantime, thank you so much for your time. Good luck with the new addition and new parts to the game. Do let us know when and closer to time when it's coming. Maybe have you back on. We can talk about the next part if you like. Yeah, definitely, man. Appreciate yeah. you taking the time to you know check out our game and let us talk about it. Oh, it's, it, I only have people on about games that I believe in and 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 stand by. And I, I see developers like yourself, you more than willing to do that. So well done. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, right. man. And so ends another episode of the Sausage Factory. Do leave us an iTunes review. And you can also, don't forget, listen to us on Stitcher.com. So just go to Stitcher.com and you can stream the show from there. You just look up the Sausage Factory and you can find us. That'd be great. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris O'Regan, no apostrophes. And uh, if you want to email me, any feedback on the show or actually you're a developer you listen to the show and want your game featured on it please do email me at chris at spong.com bye